Welcome to Spectrum, the show that discusses news and topics that affect Southern Nevada and the surrounding communities. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Welcome once again to the program. I've got two very special guests this morning. Later, the great actor and children's book author, Henry Winkler. But first, the wonderful president and CEO of the Smith Center for the Performing Arts here in Las Vegas, Mr. Myron Martin. How have you been, Myron? <laughs> So, so good. Never better. Uh, things at the Smith Center are terrific and uh, just couldn't be happier. How many trips would you say that you take to New York City to see the latest and greatest shows a year? On an average year, I'd say I go to the city about 12 times. Wow. As new shows open, as you know, I'm a Tony voter and it means that uh, I'm I'm obligated to see all the shows when they when they open and, of course, before they close. And so, yeah, it usually takes 10 or 12 trips a year to make that happen. Do you have any uh, tipsters there in New York City who, who say, look, Myron, this this is going to be a good one? <laughs> well, I, so I'm in the business, so, so I'm constantly talking to and hearing from uh, producers and theater owners and uh, actors and directors and people involved in new shows and... Uh, so that that helps me to kind of get a sense of what's opening uh, about to open that uh, should come with great fanfare. For those of us, you know, kind of on the outside of the business, it, it almost seems like Broadway has gone through some sort of renaissance these past few years. Well, I think you're right. I, I think uh, uh, the the numbers from Broadway, ticket sales on Broadway, are at an all time high. Uh, and of course, it's it's helped by blockbuster shows like Wicked and Book of Mormon that have, have been going uh, strong for years, and Hamilton, which is breaking all kinds of records. Uh, but we're seeing, you know, new and interesting shows open each and every year that uh, that seem to get better and better season after season, and it seemed to be drawing a bigger and bigger crowd. You know, I've seen you the past few years discussing the Smith Center's season abroad. Broadway shows that are coming up, but it almost seems like the recent rollout of the 2019-2020 season had a little extra pomp and circumstance, would you say? You know, I'm still living in this world where, where people said, how are you ever going to top the year of Hamilton? And and uh, yeah, and, and I, I actually makes me happy to hear you say that there was more pomp and circumstance. We, we love the fact that Seth Rudetsky, who comes to us from New York each year to help us uh, announce our season. You know, he's the guy, the Broadway guy on the Broadway channel on Sirius XM radio. Right. Uh, he comes out each year, and, and that's terrific. We we had uh, cast members from three of the shows that we announced coming up this season come out and join us. And, yeah, I guess that adds to the pomp and circumstance. We, we're just happy that we're about to start our seventh season and each and every season has brought new and extraordinary shows that that people talk about at the water cooler and, and talk about at PTA meetings. And, and uh, uh, I, I love the fact that we're affecting families in such a great way. If you would indulge me, as, as we usually do when we talk about the schedule of shows, let's take a look at the upcoming season, which begins July 30th with the return of the Book of Mormon, which, by the way, I still haven't seen. It's one of the great shows, right? It's hysterically funny. It's true that this is a return engagement 
we we listen to our audiences and we we hear from people like you who say, yeah, I didn't get to see Book of Mormon the last time it was there. When's it coming back? Yeah. And uh, Book of Mormon is one of two shows that are coming back for a return engagement. The other one is Wicked, which uh, we will see in September of 2019 uh, for two big weeks at the Smith Center. So we're, we're happy to bring the newest, the latest, the greatest, and we're also happy to bring those shows that our audiences ask for the most. And I believe the Book of Mormon has won, what, nine Tony Awards? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 uh, it took home a bunch of Tony Awards and, of course, lots of press and... Uh, and we're just happy to be on the tour that gets to bring it back to Las Vegas. And I guess it's no surprise, really, that Trey and Matt from South Park put on this production, uh, wrote the music and everything, because they have so many musical numbers on South Park. That's true. They, now, now, they did have a musical partner for the songwriting, but they did write the show, The Book of Mormon. And, you know, they're so talented that uh, it, it when, when it first played on Broadway, um, uh, it was almost a little shocking because, uh, you know, it was different. You know, their their sense of humor is so great that uh, that audiences on Broadway and now uh, two tours on the road have gotten to enjoy their, their uh, really delightful humor. Talking with Myron Martin, the president and CEO of the Smith Center, and next on the schedule from August 20th to the 25th, you have Anastasia, which I believe is based on the film of the same name. It, it is. It's, it's another one of those family-friendly shows that we bring to the Smith Center. Beautiful uh, uh, I, you know, as I as I think about uh, our audiences, I can imagine an extra dose of mothers and daughters attending that particular production. But everyone's going to love it. Anastasia at the Smith Center coming up in August and of, of 2019. As we roll into September, I think it's September 11th through the 29th. As you say, with the return of Wicked, it really is a fantastic show. We saw it, and it it is everything that it was publicized to be. Well, and and and. Probably Probably the most requested show we've had over the last number of years. Um, people can't get enough of it. Uh, it's one of those shows that you want to see more than once. Uh, it's one of those shows that you want to bring your kids to. And, and face it, since Wicked was here the last time, there's a whole new crop of kids in town. The show, I think, that comes up next that I really, it sounds really intriguing, and that is a refreshed version of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, which which uh, played Broadway last season uh, and will be celebrating their 50th anniversary, if you can believe that, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Amazing masterpiece, Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, 50 years uh, they will celebrate when they're on this tour. And uh, I think it's great that the Smith Center, who's only been open seven years, uh, will get to be a part of this 50-year celebration. I'm assuming that the songs are the same because those were so great. Yeah, the, the, the songs are terrific. They've stood the test of time. Uh, the storytelling is still intact, and uh, and and it's one of the shows that people are talking about uh, coming to see, wanting to come and see at the Smith Center. Just in time then for the holidays, it's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical, November 26th through December 1st. What can you tell us about that production? Well, so first of all, uh, let me say that... that uh, 
We took a risk uh, many years ago uh, when we said that we would book a, a Broadway show during the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, conventional wisdom is that's a time when people go out of town and and uh, you, you, the you know markets change during that that period. Uh, it turns out in Las Vegas, it's one of those times when people like to stay home, um, and it's one of those times when when uh, people have friends and family and visitors coming to town to visit them. And so we have this wonderful tradition now of having uh, an appropriate Broadway show at the Thanksgiving time. And what, you know, what better show for the holidays and uh, to, to kick off the holidays and what better way to, to kind of celebrate with the whole family than Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I, I don't think I have to describe the show. I can't imagine anyone uh, <laughs> not familiar with the Grinch. Yeah, and I believe that it uh, knocked Wicked off the top spot on Broadway after something like 100 weeks. Well, then, then that's news that I don't know, uh, yeah. Jim. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Now you're going to have me Googling stuff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, then on January 7th through the 22nd, it, it sounds like a lot of fun, Escape to Margaritaville. So who isn't a fan of the the great composer of the songs for Margaritaville. Right. Uh, you know, how many parrot heads are there uh, in the world? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and, uh, and uh, this is just a fun show made up of, of his great music. And, and yes, there's even an episode that includes a lost shaker of salt for those yeah, who know this, that song. This really is Jimmy Buffett's home away from home, I suppose. Yeah, and, and listen, he he uh, he put uh, uh, his heart into this show and, and uh, was there on opening night, often showed up uh, on Broadway when the show was running. It's... Uh, um, like I say, if you like the music of Jimmy Buffett, then uh, you owe it to yourself to come and see Margaritaville. And who knows, that night, uh, we might even have Margarita machines at the Smith Center. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You know, back in the, I guess it was the 70s, who would have thought Jimmy Buffett, when he had a, a couple of hits, that he'd become this incredible empire, this businessman, right? Well, that's true. That's true. He has so many things going on and so much going for himself. But uh, we're, we're, as as someone who is in in the Broadway business, I, for one, say thank you for uh, for bringing his talents to Broadway uh, because it, it is introducing his music to a whole new crowd, that uh, a younger crowd that may not have been Jimmy Buffett fans before, but they are now. So February 4th through the 9th, can't wait to see it. It's the critically acclaimed SpongeBob SquarePants coming to town, and that's one for the whole family. <laughs> it, it is, but I, I have to tell you something. SpongeBob the musical, people hear that and they think, oh, is it some kind of a cartoon? Well, here's the deal. Something like seven of the top songwriters of our day, people like Sarah Bareilles and people like John Legend, uh, wrote the music for this musical. I mean, it's great, great music. And there are humans on stage playing these various characters, really talented humans who sing and dance and put on a wonderful show. Uh, I think I think it's going to be one of the the great surprises for our audience who might 
not be aware of what the show is all about, I think they're going to leave uh, really happy. On March 10th through the 15th, and you've got uh, Once on This Island, what do we need to know about this show? Well, so so first and foremost, um, my 15-year-old daughter, who uh, is often my plus one, and she's a she's a real Broadway kid uh, who who not only loves it, but is talented herself and knows what she's talking about. This was her favorite show of, of last season. She loved, loved, loved it. I did, too. Uh, it, it's, it's a musical that uh, has kind of an Afro-Caribbean uh, vibe to it. Um, on Broadway, it was played in the round. And, of course, on the road, it will play a proscenium stage like, uh, like all other shows. Uh, but the music is so great, and the storytelling is so wonderful. You leave with this this wonderful, warm feeling uh, of having ex- experienced and, and kind of lived through uh, the, the eyes of other people. Uh, it, it's just a feel-good musical, and I'm I'm... I'm particularly thrilled that we got this one for this season. Am I to think that maybe you and your daughter have seen this more than once? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can can tell you there are a couple of shows that we've seen more than once. This is one we've only seen once. And uh, and when I told her that it was coming to the Smith Center, she jumped up and down. That's great. Speaking of your your daughter, I would assume that this next musical is <laughs> one that she probably loves as well. Mean Girls, based on the Tina Fey film. It's April fourteenth. It's April fourteenth through the nineteenth of two thousand twenty. Yeah, T- Tina Fey is such an extraordinary writer. <clears throat> And and when she was first talking about doing a Broadway show, none of us knew what the title was or what the material was. But the minute I heard that it was going to be based on Mean Girls, uh, I was in. Uh, and and it's just great fun. It's um, uh, if you've seen Mean Girls the movie, then I think you yeah. will love Mean Girls the musical. Yes, you're right. My daughter can't wait. Uh, as, uh, and I think I can say that about a whole bunch of other people that I know in Las Vegas. Mean Girls will be a big hit. So, and then the final show of the season, Myron, is June 23rd uh, through the 28th, which is the band's visit. And, and that has gotten a whole bunch of Tonys, hasn't it? It, it did. It, it was a big winner uh, this season. Uh, it, it's a it's a show that, um, again, talk about storytelling. Uh, this this is a show that that draws you in. Uh, this is a show that tells the story of a little band that uh, that uh, accidentally went to the wrong town to play a concert and and kind of all that happened in the 24 hours that ensued and and it's uh, there are it, it's a heartfelt story that uh, there was there was zero doubt to when when Paul Beard uh, first said that he thinks that he can get this week for the band's visit there was zero doubt in any of our minds that it should be one of the shows on our season and at our Broadway announcement where we uh, where we told our season ticket holders what was coming next, uh, one of the cast members from the band's visit uh, came and sang a song, a beautiful, beautiful song uh, for our audience. And if they didn't know that they wanted to see the band's visit before that, they were sold because uh, the music is really great. 
That's a great story. And you, uh, speaking of Paul Beard, your your vice president and COO, when you and Paul scout shows, like for instance, uh, in the past, Dear Evan Hansen, I know that you saw it before it was a hit. You guys had the feeling about that. So you contacted the agent and said, we'll commit. And you ended up getting it, which it's a pretty incredible process sometimes, isn't it? Well, yeah, pe- people don't realize uh, how much goes into the book of a Broadway show, uh, but it's it's complicated and it takes time and things change and routes change and uh, and calendars change and and uh, it's a challenging job to do. And Paul Beard, I, I talk about him all the time. He's responsible for keeping the Smith Center on the minds of producers and booking agents in New York and making sure that we continue to be part of the first national tours of the biggest shows that travel. And uh, he and I agreed for, uh, at, at the first uh, instant that Dear Evan Hansen was going to be a big hit and that, that we had to bring that here for our audiences. And as you know, it was just here. And, and I only wish that we'd have had three more weeks of it because um, it was A, that good, and B, there were that many people wishing they could have seen it. So uh, don't don't be surprised if at some point in the future we don't you don't see that title coming back because we're already having people saying, please bring it. You guys are no longer the, ki- the new kids on the block. And so do things run a little more smoothly because you're really a known commodity now? Well, I, I don't know about smoothly, but I can tell you this. Uh, before we opened, uh, we were begging producers to please consider Las Vegas as a part of their tours. Please uh, consider the Smith Centers being a part of, of these shows' futures. And early on, uh, it wasn't as easy. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you, um, Wicked was one of the shows that uh, was willing to take a gamble with the Smith Center. And I say gamble because not only did they come uh, when the show was new, but they came for multiple weeks. And and none of us, myself included, knew how many weeks of a Broadway show we might be able to sell. We just knew that that we had an audience here of of people who live in Las Vegas, who want first run touring Broadway productions um, with a full intermission and a full length uh, show, and that we were going to do all we could to bring the best of them to Las Vegas. And and Jim, as you know, it as it turned out, um, uh, Wicked sold out the entire run in that first year and did so well that they came back a second time. And as we were just talking a minute ago, uh, Wicked's on its way back for its third run at the Smith Center. Myron, do you think the fact that, too, that we're now a pro sports town and ever-growing with teams uh, also might help the cultural side of things? Listen, I, I think the fact that... Um, that our little town is growing up, <laughs> as I yeah. like to say. Uh, you know, uh, a decade ago, we didn't have a world-class performing arts center. A decade ago, we didn't have a hockey team. Um, a decade ago, and fill in the blank. Look at what's yeah. happened to this amazing city in 10 years. And now we're getting the Raiders. It's it's just part of the evolution of Las Vegas as a world-class city 
And I am so proud to say that uh, the Smith Center contributed a little bit uh, to people's perception around the world of Las Vegas being something more than an uh, than a, uh, a tourism destination. I think that you've contributed a lot more than that. And uh, it's it's Myron Martin, president and CEO of the Smith Center. Another great Broadway season of shows coming up. And oh, I, thanks so much. I, I always enjoy talking to you. And I should tell you that uh, if you're not a season ticket holder, uh, you can go online and there's a way that you can uh, you can sign up to be on the waiting list uh, in case season tickets open up. So don't don't think that just because we're sold out last year that there might not be a chance for us to get you in in the in the upcoming season. Let let us know if you'd like to be on our list. That's great news. Myron, thank you so much and good luck with the new season. All right, Jim. Thanks. Henry Winkler will always be known for his iconic role as the Fonz on Happy Days. Of course, he's been in a lot of stuff since then, and one of my favorites was Night Shift with a then-young Michael Keaton. He was also in Scream, Arrested Development. He was great on Royal Pains and has for years done this series of inspirational books for kids. I think I've got Henry Winkler on the line with me right now. And good morning. Henry, how are you? I'm so good. You? Uh, Fantastic. Thank you for asking. I really love your Hank series of books uh, aimed at dyslexic kids. Was there anything like that for you when you were a kid? You know what? Uh, The emotion in the books uh, is exactly reliving what it was like for me when I memorized my spelling words and then they fell out of my head on the way to school and I couldn't remember one of them when I had to take the test. But can I just, before we start, say hi to Audrey Walton, who lives there in Las Vegas. And if she's listening, I send her so many hugs. Absolutely, yes. Thank you. This summer, I got to go uh, with George Foreman, Terry Bradshaw, and uh, William Shatner to Asia. Wow. A brand new show for NBC. And I got to spend a lot of time with an elephant. So I wrote about it, and then I got to live it. It was amazing, an amazing event. There were five cameras that followed us on our journey, and we had to figure out how to get through six countries in Asia. Henry, I saw. I just saw a clip of you from quite a while ago. It was actually on the Merv Griffin show, and it was from 1977 at the height of Fonzie mania. And I get the sense that you were already exploring ways of creating different characters at that time. I guess you had just done the movie Heroes, which was fantastic. Right, that's exactly correct. Well, remember that I trained to be an actor for eight years. Yeah. Uh, I have a master's degree in theater. So my job is to create more than one character. And I love the Fonz. But what happened was he started to overtake my life. So it was really hard to find other avenues in the beginning. Now, of course, there was Scream, uh, Waterboy, uh, Arrested Development. Right. So every generation talks to me about something else. And the children that I meet now talk to me about Hank Zipser, the world's greatest underachiever. I'm assuming that because you were so entrenched in that iconic character, that that was the reason that you turned down the role of Danny Zuko in Greece, because it looked or was very similar. Yes, that that is exactly right. Now, if I were to go back and do it again, I would never have made that decision. 
Right. Because I realized that it didn't matter. You know, it's up to you as an individual whether or not you're going to just keep going and reinventing yourself. It's not whether or not I was going to play in Greece. Really, the same time that you had gotten the part on Happy Days, and I, I guess it was the first time I had seen you was in The Lords of Flatbush, which I thought was really great. I'm assuming that Sylvester Stallone was writing quite a bit at the time when you guys were there, because... He Rock was writing Rocky at the time. Yeah. In his apartment on Lexington Avenue in New York's, uh, in New York City. He had a, uh, a bull mastiff dog, a beautiful wife, Sasha, and uh, he, it was a walk-up, and he painted his windows black so he wouldn't know whether it was day or night, so it wouldn't affect his writing. Interesting. Did you feel that, okay, this guy's going to be something when you were working yes, with him? Yes, I did. Yeah. You know what? With all of that bluster, with all of that, you know what, I'm going to punch you, I'm going to eat you for lunch. <laughs> um, Sylvester is a very funny, very smart, very articulate. Uh, creator. You know, I have to ask you about a couple of your own brushes with greatness. One of them is uh, meeting John Lennon and his son Julian visiting the set of Happy Days. How did that happen? In the very beginning of the show, John Lennon showed up with his son, who was about nine at the time, and his son loved Happy Days, and he was very shy. John Lennon was very shy. And I started to talk to him about his solo album, Imagine. And on it, he has a uh, almost a primal scream about his mother uh, on that album. Yeah. And he opened like a flower. And I met all of the Beatles. I'm I'm very uh, excited to say, uh, except for George. I never got to shake George's hand and tell him what a wonderful influence. And then. My son, Max, who's now a director and a producer, he took a, a course in the Beatles. Uh, uh, the, the course was the Beatles, their poetry, when they wrote, why they wrote, how they wrote. Uh, he took it in college. Hey, that's funny you mention that because both of my sons also took a Beatles course in college. That's, I guess, how influential those guys are. It's unbelievable. It, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and when we would drive somewhere, um, when I would drive with my son when he was younger, when he was in college, and we had a lot of time in the car because there's a lot of traffic in L.A., and we would listen to uh, albums of the Beatles and the detail that he would explain to me was so fascinating. That's amazing. And it's very cool, too, that another generation, it's great. And I'm patting us both on the back that we have taught our sons well. Yeah, well, listen, my three-year-old <laughs> grandson, who I picked up from school yesterday, uh, Ace, he said, Papa, do you have the Beatles in this car? I said, I'm so sorry, I don't. I don't know how to find the Beatles uh, I'm now going to make that a mission because he loves the Beatles. His dad turned him on to the Beatles. And he's three. He knows who's singing at any given time. That's fantastic. And pretty soon, I'm going to turn him on to Here's Hank, uh, our newest novel, because I think he will love it. You know, those books are beautifully illustrated, too. It's always a pleasure. And Henry, continued good luck to you. I thank you so much. I appreciate it, uh, you spending time with me today, and I'll, I will hopefully talk to you again what a sometime. wonderful conversation. Henry, thank you so much. What a pleasure. Bye-bye. 
Most recently, Henry Winkler has been so great in the series Barry with Bill Hader. And Henry is currently filming the Wes Anderson movie French Dispatch with an all-star cast that includes Kate Winslet, Bill Murray, Willem Dafoe, and Benicio Del Toro. Thanks to Henry Winkler and my first guest, Myron Martin, the president and CEO of the Smith Center. And thank you for listening this morning. I do hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at 7.30. Spectrum is hosted, written, and produced by Jim Tofty. If you have suggestions on future guests or topics, please send them to spectrum at smiradio.com. 